It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 10th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will talk all about the Magic's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks as they fall 110 to 101 to the Bucks in a game where they... Fought really, really hard, but we're not in the business of fighting really, really hard anymore. We'll talk about that game and plus what the Magic are still missing coming up on today's episode. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every team in the NBA covering their team with the same level of care and detail that you could only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown from the Bucks' perspective on this game? Check out Locked On Bucks. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers? Check out Locked On Lakers. There is a Locked On podcast for every team in the NBA, plus our national shows Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, and Rejecting the Screen as well. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Also, check out our MOB, NFL, NHL, and college podcast too. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic were dead to rights in this game. The Milwaukee Bucks had them beat. Orlando was shooting worse than 30% in the first half. They couldn't hit a three. They didn't hit their first three until late in the second quarter. Everything that could go wrong for the Magic was indeed going wrong for the Magic. Their defense was fine, but the offense wouldn't score enough. Giannis Antetokounmpo was under some control, but it wasn't enough. And even as Orlando started hitting the sh- hitting some shots, the Bucks started hitting some shots too. And frankly, the Magic are not a team that's going to win many scoring races against good teams like the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks looked like they were ready to blow this game open, just like they have so many times before during this now 15-game win streak. For the Milwaukee Bucks. It looked like they were ready to leave the Magic completely behind them. And when Giannis Antetokounmpo makes two three-pointers in a quarter, not only is it not your night, it's really not your night. It's the kind of night that the Bucks probably think they're going to win by 30 because they're very capable of doing so. And indeed, Milwaukee went up by 18 midway through the third quarter. And it looked like that, yes, this game was going to get out of hand and was going to be a blowout in the Bucks' favor, a second blowout in the Bucks' favor against this Magic team. But Orlando found something over the course of the rest of the series. They found a little something. Maybe not a lot of something, but a little something. They started hitting some shots. 
Terrence Ross started hitting baskets. Started making shots from the outside, and that started to change things. The Magic's defense, which was pretty good throughout most of the night, got stops, got transition opportunities, and slowly chipped away at that lead until suddenly, in the dying seconds of that third quarter, the Magic were down by five at 78-73. All of a sudden, it was a basketball game, basketball game again. And the Bucks, I think they got the lead out to 15 one more time the rest of the game, but the Bucks had to make plays and they had to execute down the, stre- down the stretcher in the fourth quarter to make sure that they won this game. On one hand, yes, Orlando did make that fight. They did get back into the game. On the other hand, Orlando didn't win it, most importantly. But on the other hand, Orlando never made a more serious push again. They, they kept it within that kind of range of 8 to 13, 14 points the rest of the game. The fight and the spirit is there, folks. The Orlando Magic are, the issue is not the Orlando Magic are not playing hard. The issue time and time again has been more shot making, which obviously has been a huge problem all year. And then it's been attention to detail. The little nuances of the game plan, and especially against good teams and elite teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, it's the nuances of the game plan, of the, the attention to detail that matters most. What do I mean by that? I mean the Magic committing too much help to Giannis Antetokounmpo because Aaron Gordon, I thought, did, and when the, when the Bucks were in the half court at least, the Magic did a very good job defensively on Giannis once again. Uh, he scored a lot of points. I'm not, I'm not saying they were perfect, but I thought Aaron Gordon did a very good job containing him and, and forcing him into shots that they don't mind them taking. But what can't happen against this Bucks team is you can't have too many guys stepping into the paint because the Bucks will shoot, they will take, and they will make threes against you. 41 three-pointers in this game. They made 19. They made uh, 13 of them. Or let me let me get let me get that number correct. I apologize. Bucks made 16 three-pointers. I split the difference there. 16 of 41 from beyond the arc. Milwaukee made plenty of three-pointers, and that is a big part of their game and a big part of their offensive tacking. A big part of why they sometimes struggle to hold on to leads is they will shoot themselves out of games a little bit. But if you overcommit to the paint, you will get, they will get open threes and they will make enough of them to beat you because, again, Giannis is really good. If you don't overcommit, to, you have to kind of make a decision with that. The Magic too often, and this has been the case in other games, not just against the Bucks. we're caught ball watching, we're caught digging into the paint, we're caught trying to clog the lane when there really wasn't anything to clog. And the Milwaukee Bucks made them pay for it time and time and time again. Especially in those big moments. And there were no bigger moments than the offensive rebounds the Bucks got, especially in the first half. If you want to know why the Bucks staked a lead despite their own shooting struggles, it's because the Magic were giving up offensive rebounds. Milwaukee had 10 offensive rebounds in the game for 16, for 16 points, second chance points. Uncharacteristic of the Magic. Rebounding is critical for this team if they want to get transitions, if they want to get stops. And it just still feels like every offensive rebound is a big one. Comes at a moment when the Magic cannot afford it, when momentum is against and momentum is on their side. It is momentum killing. And again, against an elite team like the Bucks, you cannot give them second chances. You cannot give them second opportunities. So Aaron Gordon might have gotten the initial stop, but 
Giannis grabbing a rebound right underneath the basket. There's not, there's not even a lot a good defender like Aaron Gordon can do. And so all these little mistakes add up. And it's these little mistakes. It's not the big mistakes because the Magic, I don't think, make the big mistakes that much anymore. Maybe they were earlier in the season. But generally, I think the Magic's defense has been good on the first attack. It's finishing the possession with a rebound. It's getting a clean rebound. It's getting a clean outlet that feeds their offense that they haven't quite gotten down. And again, the Magic struggled offensively as well. And 12 turnovers leading to to 13 bucks points were killer. The Magic did a much better job converting on Milwaukee's turnovers. 15 turnovers for 22 points. The Magic just couldn't get all the pieces together. And it's that thing that they've been searching for for so long. They've been searching for that complete game. That game where they're as good offensively as they are defensively. They really haven't found it yet. And that's what they continue to search for. I'm not here to say Orlando played well enough to win this game. The Bucs were the better team. The Bucs didn't play great, but the Bucs were the better team and, and probably should have won this game by a lot more. So I give credit to the Magic for the fight. They never gave up on this game. They had every reason to. They had every reason to, 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 to you know, kind of throw it in. But they, they kept fighting and scratching and clawing, and they, they gave they put themselves back in position to make it a game in the fourth quarter. What the Magic lack is that ability to get over the finish line. And part of the reason for that is again these little mistakes that I keep talking about. And honestly, part of the reason for that is the guy that they're missing, the guy that's sitting on the bench. The guy that this Magic team is holding the boat steady and waiting to return. Who knows if the Magic would have won this game regardless, but they're missing a lot right now. And the team is struggling to fully replace what they're missing in Nikola Vucevic. Just what we need to talk about here in just a moment. Before we get into the final box score, though, I do have to say a quick word uh, from our from our friends at Spotify. You might be seeing these these uh, like I guess images. I don't I don't I'm not a big Spotify listener, but um, you might be seeing these images of people's like most played Spotify lists. They're called Spotify Wrapped, and we want you to show us your top Locked On podcast of the year. Take a screenshot of your Spotify Wrap and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Magic and at Philip R underscore MD on Twitter. And we will share and retweet. Look forward to seeing all of you who listen to Locked on Magic and all the fun shows that you you listen to as well. Check it out at Spotify Wrapped today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through that final box score for you real fast as the Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks 110-101. to Orlando shoots 38% from the floor, just 35 for 92. They end up shooting 10 for 31. I believe they were 2 for 14 
at the break. So the three-pointer is a big reason why the Magic got back into this game. And let's make no bones about it. In today's NBA, the three-pointer can be a big equalizer. But Orlando does a lot of things well. 21 for 26 from the foul line. I did think in the first half as well, Orlando was getting good shots. I don't think their execution was bad. Turnovers, definitely a problem. But their execution wasn't terrible. Orlando played really good defense as well. Just taking a look at the advanced box score, Orlando's defensive rating in this game ended up being 105.8. Uh, 98.1 offensive rating, so obviously the offense struggled. But a 105.8 defensive rating against this Bucks team that averages 111 points per 100 possessions. Orlando played defense well enough to win this game. They did a great job on the Milwaukee Bucks, and they deserve a lot of credit for the fight that they showed defensively. Jonathan Isaac was the spearhead of that defensive effort. Finished with five blocks in the game. He had four blocks in the first quarter, including blocking shots on, I think, the I believe Milwaukee's first two possessions. Um, how the Magic reacted to those blocks was kind of part and parcel to this game. Yes, Orlando outscored Milwaukee in fast break points 25-13. to 13. Very positive sign on that front. I still felt like they left points on the board. It felt like every time they'd get a big block, every time they'd get a big momentum defensive play, or every time they were building momentum, they'd get a transition opportunity that they would flub with a turnover or a mistake of some kind or not really get into their offense. Um, Orlando was successful against Milwaukee when they were able to run in transition, when they were able to get cleanly into their transition and get to the basket and get easy shots. And and I do think that that was a huge element, and that's generally been the case for Orlando offensively this year. When, they, when they're able to play in transition and secondary breaks, they're really, really good. But the other problem for Orlando has been that they you know don't always make the right plays and the smart decisions. But Jonathan Isaac, a huge catalyst in this game. I thought when he did play Giannis Antetokounmpo, he matched up with them well. I thought that he played pretty solid defense, got moved around a little bit, but um, you know maybe got caught a few times on pump fakes and 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 trying to and jumping into him. But overall, Isaac had a fantastic defensive game. Uh, nine rebounds as well. I think he's really grown as a rebounder too. Um, did a really good job attacking the offensive glass as well with three offensive rebounds. But the issue with Jonathan Isaac is still his offensive consistency. He didn't score in the first half. So all 10 of his points came in the second half, and really they all came, kind of came in bunches. He did do some dirty work on the glass, like I said, but a lot of his shots kind of came in rhythm at, all in a row, and I think that's kind of the big thing with Isaac is he's got to get his confidence. He's got to see the ball go through the, ramp, go through the hoop, uh, and then all of a sudden he gets a little bit of a rhythm and a little bit of confidence. Finishes shooting 5 for 13, so he's not shy about shooting anymore, which I think is a positive sign overall. Um, but I do want to see him... You do want to see him get that shot going and be a little bit more consistent of an offensive option, especially in a game like this. I mean, I think, you know, you look at these three games the Magic are playing this week, Milwaukee, LA, and Houston. Those are games where you got to be on point. I mean, these are, it's not playoff intensity, but the big thing from the Magic in that playoff series was the kind of lack of offensive consistency. And you want to see yourself build that offensive consistency in the regular season so when the playoffs come around, you can maybe step your game up to another level. And so I think the Magic are still, as a team, and, and you know we'll talk about this when we get closer to trade season, which is coming up here shortly. We'll do a, we'll do a little, little trade season preview coming up here on, on the 15th when the trade season officially opens. But certainly the Magic know that they have needs they have to fill as far as improving their offensive consistency and their offensive shooting. And a lot of that's going to come internal with a guy like Jonathan Isaac. So... Isaac finishes 10 points, 9 rebounds, 5 blocks. Really solid game for him overall, though. Um, I thought that he played good defense and, and, and was a good presence for the team on the court. So, too, was Aaron Gordon defensively. Um, again, Giannis, Giannis is really good, guys. 32 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists for Giannis Antetokounmpo. He shot 12 for 22, uh, was really struggling until that fourth quarter. He kind of broke free a little bit in the fourth. Um, 
but and and the magic let him shoot a couple threes, which which got him going a little bit too. But you know, I, I thought Aaron Gordon did about as well as you could on him. Um, I thought that he held his ground, you know, didn't bite on pump fakes, kind of stayed down on him, um, made sure that that he had to work for his points. You know, didn't let him get into the lane without some resistance. I mean, Giannis is tough to stop. Um, Giannis still scores a lot of his points in transition where you can't do much about it. And so as long as one of Jonathan Isaac or Aaron Gordon was defending him, I thought the Magic did a pretty good job on him. Where Gordon struggles, and he struggled all year on this, has been his ability to make smart decisions on offense and create shot opportunities for himself. Gordon finished with 10 points on 3-for-12 shooting, just 1-for-6 from beyond the arc. There were plenty of there are more than a few possessions where he over dribbled and tried to do a little too much and and he's had this habit against Giannis of all people where he tries to kind of prove something against him for whatever reason but it, it, his play and kind of the hot and cold nature of his offense is really reminiscent of his of his season two years ago. Um, Gordon is best working off cuts um, as David Steele's is this anything pointed out? Aaron Gordon scores the most points per possession off of cuts of any player in the NBA, and and I and I believe that he is very good off of cuts, and I do think the Magic need to do a better job working him off curls and working him in areas where he can score and react quickly, rather than letting him work more in isolation. If he's working in isolation, he's not going to be successful, and and, and I, I truly believe that. Um, you know, maybe some post ups if if he wants to feed that isolation bug, you give him one or two just to just to make him happy. Um, but too often, you see Aaron Gordon kind of kill offensive possessions with just over dribbling, and and that just frankly can't happen. In a game like this, that shouldn't happen. You need discipline in a game like this, and and I think sometimes Aaron Gordon's discipline offensively isn't always there. Um, I, I think that obviously his three point shots kind of hot or cold, um, and 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 is certainly off today, off in this game. I, I thought that he took good three pointers. Um, you know, I don't you want him taking good three pointers, so the three point misses don't bother me as much as maybe the four misses uh, he, he had in the two-point range because um, a lot of those kind of came off of those those drives. But overall, I thought Gordon did a good job attacking Glass, four offensive rebounds, the solid rebounder for the most part. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you should be relying on Aaron Gordon to be your top rebounder, and we'll get into that issue coming up here in just a minute. But, um, you know, he's he was doing a great job. He had a big defensive task, and I, I think he took it on as well as he could. So, you know, Aaron Gordon, a, a solid uh, game, but certainly one that raises some questions. The two high scores for this team, Evan Fournier, 26 points, 7 for 17, shooting 4 for 8 from beyond the arc, 8 for 9 from the foul line. Just Evan Fournier, at this point, you kind of expect games like this from him, you know, maybe a little inefficient, um, you know, didn't, you know, I wouldn't say he carried the magic completely. There were definitely stretches where he was hitting a lot of shots, um, but but I didn't feel like he was as assertive on the ball as he's been uh, as far as, as far as kind of leading the team, I felt like uh, players were setting him up a little bit more, which which I don't mind. I, I actually like that because um, you know I, I think that that ultimately helps the team. But you know, Marco Fultz was struggling four for fourteen from the floor. Uh, you know, nine assists for him, thirteen points for him. So so he did he did a lot of work too, trying to get into the paint, but struggled finishing around the rim, which we're kind of seeing with with Fultz that he'll go kind of up and down with his finishing around the rim. But you remind yourself that he's essentially a rookie, so you don't you don't read too much into that all the time. Um, Fournier had his moments, really kept this team afloat in the first half, you know, made some big shots in the second half, but, you know, again, just not enough to get them over the finish line. And Terrence Ross, the other big score, 23 points, 8 for 14 shooting, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc. He was really the guy that kept this offense afloat in the second in the second quarter. Um, you know, when Ross gets going, the Magic are a really tough team, and, and, and they can come back from any deficit, and he got going in the third quarter, and that got the Magic back into this game. I mean, he is a he is an energy ball for this team, and, and obviously a big one at that. 
DJ Augustine, 5 for 12, 13 points, 5 assists for him against one turnover. Um, so Orlando got a lot of just good performances. I don't think the Magic played poorly in this game. I, I mean, again, I really applaud the fight. I think this team fought, fights really hard. It, it's not a question of effort. It's not even necessarily a question of execution all the time. It's shot making and then just, like I said earlier, attention to detail defensively. Kind of being at the intensity level, both physically, which I know is a point that Steve Clifford made, um, being being uh, phys- being physical, having the attention detail to the scheme, and and really executing it on that end it, more than anything else. I mean, that's where the Magic need to hang their hat on. They're good, but they're not as good as they probably need to be to win games like this. And certainly, you know, I, I I'm kind of I'm going to probably talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. Orlando needs a resume win at this point. Um, you know, they they they're one in. One in nine now against teams with winning records, and and that's you know that that'll get you in the playoffs, but but that's not going to cut it long term, and and I think they know that. I mean, I think if you watch this game, you know, yes, the Magic put up a good fight, but if the Magic are playing the Bucks in the playoffs, the Bucks are sweeping the Magic. I I I, I can say that pretty affirmatively, even if Nikola Vucevic is back in there, um, the Magic have work to do defensively to get where they want to go, and so again, well, you know, I think that work is is going to continue. Orlando, again, shoots 38% from the floor, 10 for 31 from beyond the arc, 21 of 26 from the foul line. Milwaukee shoots 46.7% as they explode a little bit offensively in the second half, 16 for 41 from beyond the arc. Giannis Antetokounmpo finishes with 32 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. Chris Middleton with 20 points on 8 for 18 shooting, added 9 rebounds and 4 assists as well. Orlando did a good job, I think, kind of keeping keeping Milwaukee in check. Um, I think Milwaukee's bench won the second quarter. Orlando's bench won the third and fourth quarters. Um, but ultimately, Orlando just faced a deficit that was too tall. They couldn't score consistently enough against Milwaukee's set defense, which obviously a problem for Orlando anyway. Um, and that enabled the Bucks to hold off the Magic and win the game 110-101. to The Orlando Magic are back in action Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers as they begin a two-game homestand before they head out on the road for the West first West Coast road trip of the season. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that brings me to probably, to me, the biggest issue facing the Magic right now. It's the one you might expect. It's the one that I think you kind of see. The Magic played a perfectly, not acceptable because they lost, but they put in a good effort Monday night against Milwaukee. They acquitted themselves well. They, you know, I, I think I said... This Bucks team, I think, is a bad matchup for Orlando. And I think I said, you know, the most important thing out of all these three games is I'd like to see them win one of them just because losing three in a row is not good. But win one of them and be competitive in all three. Yes, the game wasn't close. Yes, the Magic had to make a little bit of a comeback. But they were competitive in this game. Milwaukee had to work. They held Milwaukee under their season average scoring-wise. They made Giannis Antetokounmpo work. The Magic were fine, and, and they've proven since Nikola Vucevic went out, they're now 5-4, and four, that they can beat the bad teams. They can beat teams they're supposed to beat. It's these games that are going to be tough. 
And that's where I really look at Ken Birch. Ken Birch has played fine. He's been acceptable since taking over as a starting center. He blocks shots, he's energetic, he's kind of flying around, but like I said, it's the attention to detail at this point that is really killing the magic. Once again, after the game, Steve Clifford talked about how the magic weren't physical enough on the glass. How they allowed Milwaukee to to beat them on the boards and beat them on the glass and and kind of win that battle, that physical battle down low. And he talked about how how much that hurt the team and their chances to win. It's been something that's been hurting the team for a while. So again, not necessarily an issue that's solved by Nikola Vucevic alone. Ken Birch is someone who's not afraid to be physical. I, I think that's that's abundantly clear. But the one thing that Ken Birch struggles with, and Mo Bamba struggles with it too. So you know, I'm not. I'm going to lump them both together here. Is their energy guys? Their roles right now, how they play, is they chase blocks and they try to make plays that spark their teammates. And when you're playing a backup center like a Robin Lopez or backup units. You can kind of get away with that because the talent level on the floor isn't as great. Against starters, it's a little tougher. If Ken Birch is coming off of Brooke Lopez, and, and again, maybe some of that in this game was a little bit muted because you know Brooke Lopez is hanging around the three-point line. He's, all three of his field goals, field goal makes were three-pointers. But if you're crashing the paint to try and block a shot and you're out of position for a rebound... And all of a sudden, the whole defense is messed up. You can kick it back out easily. Maybe this isn't the best game to, to describe that as far as Cam Birch goes, but I, I still think Birch, I mean, Birch, especially offensively, just doesn't look like he knows where he's supposed to be with those units. He's not running the simple pick and rolls. He's having to do dribble handoffs. He's having to play offense in a way that the Magic haven't asked him to play offense. And... He gets, gives a handoff, and sometimes it looks like he doesn't know where to go. The point that I'm kind of getting to in a roundabout way is, is that point that I made earlier. The Magic's issue is an attention to detail. And it is here that I believe the Magic miss Nikola Vucevic the most. Nikola Vucevic is someone that you can trust to get you your you know, 16, 17, 18 points per night. And 11, 12 rebounds per night. Raw statistics, the Magic are filling in and trying to cover for a big loss, especially on the glass with Nikola Vucevic. He is the best rebounder on the team by far, and say what you want about his weaknesses. He is a good defender within this team scheme. No player on this Magic team, I think, plays within that scheme and does exactly what the coaches ask him to do better than Nikola Vucevic. You can debate how he defends guards coming right at him. Doesn't do well with them. You can debate his rim protection and shot blocking. Doesn't do a lot of it. But as far as being in the right spot and trying to guide and and corral players where the Magic want them to go, Vucevic is pretty good. Not perfect. 
not making plays. And again, when we get to the playoffs, it's about making plays, and that's where Jonathan Isaac comes in. But Nikola Vucevic is pretty good at what he does for this team. And really on both ends, it's that consistency the Magic lacked the most, the Magic missed the most. Would the Magic have lost this game with Nikola Vucevic in the lineup? Probably. But if the Magic had made that run and it's a five-point game and Nikola Vucevic is there, I think that Vucevic helps that team close that gap. The defensive slippage that we might have seen probably doesn't happen as much because Vucevic is such a trusted and strong defender, at least within the schemes that the Magic run. Again, go go running right at him without a guard to kind of without a guard on the ball handler's hip, and yeah, he's in trouble, and he knows it. The Magic are truly as as, as well as they've played since Vucevic went out. The Magic are truly holding the ship steady for him. They're waiting on him to return. Every player knows it. Every player acknowledges it. They miss Nikola Vucevic. And they're eager to bring him back into a team that has found a little bit of rhythm because they know how important he is. I mean, remember, he was Eastern Conference Player of the Week. We led the Magic on that three-game win streak right before the injury hit. And I don't think you appreciate that level of detail that, that they're missing without him. Vucevic told the media in, in Milwaukee that he has started doing some running and some light court work. There's still some soreness, so he's not close to coming back. I wouldn't expect him back this week, but it certainly is beginning to look like that Christmas return date is, if not the target, then the then kind of the, the ceiling of when they want when he wants to return. Would not surprise me if he is back during the West Coast road trip. I certainly expect him back around Christmas at this point. So Vucevic's return is is coming very quickly. And and I think he I believe he told the media in Milwaukee that he doesn't feel like he's going to need practice when he returns to come back. He feels like when he's cleared to go, he is cleared to go. Again, a luxury that a veteran has that the Magic know they can trust him. And that he can integrate himself and get back in the swing of things quickly. And, and there really is no player that the Magic would, should trust more than Nikola Vucevic to do that. Whether you want to admit it or not, this team needs Nikola Vucevic. They need his ability to pass the ball from the high post. They need his three-point shooting. They need his low post work. They need his rebounding. They need his defense. They need him for his consistency as much as anything on both ends. And in a game like this where the margin for error is already so small, when opportunity slips through your fingers, when things get stuck and the Magic don't have that easy outlet, Nikola Vucevic may not solve all those problems, but he eases a lot of the burden. He does really make this team go. And if there's a reason to be confident. It's that when he comes back, the Magic should be a whole lot better. But until then, they've got to find a way to keep the ship steady, pay attention to those details, and continue to scratch out wins.
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening advice. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_md, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure to go into our archives and check, listen to yesterday's episode where we talked about the first quarter of the season, did our first quarter review, and what's coming up ahead as the Magic dive into the second quarter of the NBA season. We'll be back again tomorrow to preview the Magic's game against the Los Angeles Lakers, but until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.